So hi, this is Alistair Wheat, and I'm joined here by Jack Morel Paolo. Ta-da! And we're here to talk about this month's influencer marketing stories here at Onaniska, and this is the Influential Times, episode eight, the uh, COVID-19 edition. Fortunately, yes. So uh, the uh, big thing everyone's talking about, and obviously it is affecting uh, the world of marketing as well. Um, kind of wish you weren't having to talk about it, but um, yeah, a lot of events are being cancelled now, aren't they, Jack? Yeah, you're starting to see as well. I'm starting to see on LinkedIn now people sort of, yeah, almost openly appealing for ideas like what what do I do? How how am I sort of going to pivot my marketing strategy? And it sort of felt like the first wave was people panicking basically two days out, and now we're more into people kind of going as a precautionary measure, we're cancelling it, and this will be a digital first event. Yeah, and we will tell you all what that means as soon as we figure it out. Yes. Um. So everyone's a little bit in the same boat, but. Luckily, we are in we are in the happy position that you know the the guys at various social media platforms have our back on this. So you wanted to talk about some new features coming out that are gonna maybe help people deliver a, a digital first uh, event. Yeah, so it's been interesting. Some of these events, like uh, Mobile World Congress and uh, Geneva Auto Show, were kind of cancelled like really late on, and I think there were some particularly sad pictures of like the people actually starting to build the exhibitor stands at the Geneva Auto Show and then having to necessarily stop doing it which must have been really dis- disappointing and i think uh, you know the, it was meant to bring millions of pounds to the swiss economy as well and that's all gone same with barcelona you know, their, their mobile congress is a massive thing for them but then like you say some of these other events that have had maybe a little bit more time to kind of cancel and so there weren't exhibitors you know halfway through setting up their stands but like uh, salesforce world tour sydney was cancelled they said that's going to be an on and only event um google io has been cancelled um, you know, some of these events are ones that you know we, we had staff members meant to go to as well to support our clients. Many of the influencers we work with have also had the events cancelled. But these uh, this online only digital first format or whatever they're calling it, it's uh, not the first time an event's been digital, but maybe it's the first time that an event that was meant to be in person has then suddenly switched to being digital. And so there's probably loads of people who were meant to be going to these events who've never taken part in an online event or don't really know what they'd be signing up to, now suddenly going to, the, the event organisers are going to have to try and find a way of engaging with them. So, yes, um, there are, you know, some maybe new tools, um, probably won't be out for everyone to try out specifically for these events, but LinkedIn have launched um, a new feature called LinkedIn Stories. And, uh, yes, another tool with stories. Um but this is maybe different because it's in the in the B2B context. Um be really interesting to see how LinkedIn Stories comes out because it's, uh, I think one of the key things they were talking about was people actually being at an event, ironically, and then, you know, just doing a quick video or snippet about their experience of the event. But a lot of people use LinkedIn just to kind of post questions or thoughts to their network and maybe don't want that staying up on their feed permanently. And perhaps there's lots of stuff that people would put onto LinkedIn if it knew, they knew it could just be there for a little bit of time you know, and get some initial reaction and conversation going and not be on their feed forever. Um, yeah, so be there, but there's other things, you know, like LinkedIn Live have been around for a while. Um, yeah, that's, been, you know, that's been sort of gradually rolling out for, for the last, um, last year or so, haven't it? Twitter have basically followed suit. Mm-hmm. They've announced something they're calling fleets, as in a fleeting thought, a fleeting moment. A fleet tweet. Um, yeah. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Oof. Um, so I, I don't know quite how that's going to pan out. That's testing in Brazil at the minute. I guess it all adds up to a similar pattern, which is there's a kind of observation that 
you know, lots of social networks are struggling with getting people to post enough. Mm. Um, it, it's mm. like, how do we get people to spend as much time on our platforms? Not, as you say, worry about the kind of long-term having these kind of posts on your on your platform where you're just asking mm. some questions or you're just showcasing, you know, something that happened at an event that was interesting. Um, and I guess that's coupled with, you know, the observation of sort of behavior of probably younger people entering the workforce mm. now. Some of these you know, with LinkedIn with like a more business platform, they're starting to see that people who've actually grown up with that format, the sort of disappearing messages mm. format of Snapchat and then Instagram stories famously, maybe they're just sort of keeping an eye on, on making sure they have that kind of fu- functionality to serve that sort of posting behavior. So if I think about my younger brother, for example, his Instagram will have n- almost no permanent posts and all of the posting is happening through through stories and I, I remember reading something last year suggesting that's increasingly typical of, of younger users so mm. there's a kind of interesting you know actually they're very digitally savvy and therefore they don't want to leave much of a, a, a legacy online so you know everyone's gonna probably have to learn to adjust if that increasingly is is the the digital landscape so maybe dis- you, you don't want your quite. face going online for some facial recognition software to, to it, track and then yeah profile you in future exactly there's probably all these kind of dynamics to it people are more privacy conscious we're seeing you know people entering politics now sort of people under 35 who enter politics generally someone delete your old feed entirely yeah (laughs) because someone will someone will go through um and we're still seeing screenshots saved even after people have have deleted but you know you don't want to make it any easier for the opposition researchers to dig up something stupid you said when you were 17 Mm. so um maybe just an overall shift in the way people people kind of behave online yeah. and they're more they'll be they'll be more cautious and i won't mean they're not using the tools but they're using them in a yeah and i do think a, there's a, a gap in the b2b space or in the work you know so linkedin is obviously more sort of professional networks i do think there's a gap maybe for that sort of form of content so it'd be interesting to see how that that pans out for them um, but also just more generally with the whole a thing of events being cancelled and more people working from home i do wonder whether we're going to see just you know for the next couple of months as well, well who knows how long it's going to be really but if more people are working from home is that going to see are we going to see an increase in people actually maybe spending more time on social networks because whether they are internal social networks or you know external social networks when i say internal i mean like you know ones within a within a brand within a company's uh you know firewall or slack those sort of platforms because people don't have the face-to-face contact with colleagues, they need to obviously still talk to them and mm. get some kind of you need a interaction. Sort of yeah, so. informal platform to yeah. So are we going to see? Be interesting to see whether the platforms themselves share any stats on this. But whether you know, they see a see, spike yeah, in logins, more people using LinkedIn, for example, more people using Twitter or any other social network. Partly because the boss isn't looking over your shoulder. Maybe you shouldn't be spending so much time on Facebook. But who knows? Um, if people actually start doing that more, um, and as part of that. A lot of these influencers that you know we work with, um, and again, when we're talking about influencers, we're not just talking about you know, the kind of professional type of influencer um, who just you know gets paid to create content for brands. Although that that is part of what we're talking about, we're also talking about people who are event speakers or you know, industry thought leaders. All of those sorts of people um, are they going to play an even more important role for marketers and, and brands to partner with to help get their content through? all the extra noise um, as there's maybe more people looking online, there's more importance to get your content working in an online format. Yeah. So it's kind of early days, um, but uh, we'll certainly be watching it closely. Might have maybe some examples of how these online events have gone. So by the time we've done our 
next podcast all these online events will have happened and uh, we can talk about we'll kind of have yeah have some best practice examples to share so speaking of people spending too much time online one of the stories i wanted to to cover this week was was something from a few weeks back um so in the in the uk the the chancellor of the exchequer the treasury minister rishi sunak uh who's a he's a member of parliament for yorkshire um for richmond in in yorkshire and he was he was sort of posing he posed a picture while he was working late for him with a sort of big you know, jumbo pack of, of tea bags showing that, you know, even though he's the boss, he's not above making tea uh, for the whole team. Which, None of the people. Yeah, well, if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're not from the UK, I think that the tea round is a sort of fundamental part of culture here. It's it's the, uh, it's it's part of the social fabric. So he's kind of trying to show that he's, he's you know, regular guy, makes makes tea for everyone. Um, and after this picture went up, the, the sort of Yorkshire tea social presence was absolutely flooded with... Um, People enraged that they they were in any way associated with uh, the government because you know mm-hmm. some people uh, surprisingly think that the government isn't very good, um, which which I've, I've heard can happen sometimes. Um, the the interesting angle I saw on this is this is that it sort of taps into um, it taps into a sense that people don't quite understand what pe- what a prominent person posing with a brand you know, displayed. People assumed that Yorkshire had set it all up, didn't they? Yeah, that it was, that it was some sort of stitch up. So there's, this, yeah. there's a sort of feeling that it might be deliberate or a setup or it's a kind of undisclosed partnership. So... What are they supposed to do? You can't drink our tea because you're not righteous enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I very much want to see a world in which tea brands become the arbiters of, of morality. I think that would be, <laughs> that would be very good, obviously. But um, yeah, once, once the dust settled and maybe some of the people getting angry at a social media manager, you know, opened the window, went for a walk, mm. did anything, did literally anything else with their lives. I, I think it did sort of raise this interesting question. The industry's trying hard, you know, our industry, the, the sort of influencer marketing industry, both on the B2C and B2C side, is kind of trying mm-hmm. to educate people about what uh, constitutes a partnership, how that should be disclosed. And there are pretty clear rules here in the mm-hmm. UK and in the US about what people are supposed to be doing. But it kind of shows that there's still a pretty big, gap in in public understanding still people aren't quite sure they know they kind of know that brands and influencers work together but they can't always tell when it's a it's a partnership and when someone just really likes tea Hmm. so tricky one another you know another challenge ahead for for the industry yeah and actually there have been some more guidance out there has been some more guidance out this month um, in the UK here from the the Advertising Standards Authority just about when to disclose. Um, so, yeah, we can make sure we share that in the newsletter uh, just so people can uh, read those guidelines. Again, it is more B2C focused. There's still, I think, a big gap for guidance in the B2B space. And I still find some of the guidance a bit confusing. Like, if you are advertising your own product, you need to kind of disclose that. Like, I do find that a bit bit confusing but anyway that, that um, seems yeah yeah that's that seems like overkill but yeah i thought that'd be obvious but yeah anyway and uh yeah what was your what was your final story so the the other one i want to talk about is youtube have appointed uh head creator liaison a chap called matt koval who's going to be looking after the kind of youtube's direct relationship with its most prominent influencers you know they call that the the creator program so it's kind of part of an ongoing trend we've seen. Instagram did something similar with um, all of the meme accounts that, that have sort of sprouted on, 
on Instagram. They're basically acknowledging these people bring users to our website. We will make algorithm changes for all sorts of commercial reasons or because of external pressure mm -hmm. or you know, changes to the interface, all of these reasons that they might have to, to make a change. Um, but they've sort of realized this is having a, a knock-on effect on, on their creators and it's people who they've effectively, you know, they've created a, a way for these people to, you know, rely on it for their livelihood and then they're kind of suddenly, you know, making, making unexpected changes. People are getting demonetized. There's been lots of kind of quite controversial and, and fraught stuff around, you know, what constitutes adult content, for example. So, you know, any video discussing... Uh, being LGBTQ, for example, is sometimes getting flagged as as adult content, and creators are getting demonetized just for sort of talking about being gay. Um, so there's there's been a few incidents like that, and I think they're just acknowledging they're going to need to to smooth that over. But mm. interesting, yeah, because other social networks have had because uh, I think Instagram's had a, a meme supremo for about a year now as yeah. well, and so this is. Interesting to see all the extra what a job title. roles. What a job. <laughs> Head of memes. Yeah, I know. Just wonder whether they, they think in memes now as well. Probably. I think it, I, I like memes, but only up to a point. But if you have to do that as a job, you'd probably be fed up with the memes. You'd, yeah, you'd, you'd maybe find you'd feel a little bit too online. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see what new roles come up next year. What uh, this whole world of uh, influencer marketing creators and so forth, uh, what kind of job roles will need to be invented to, to manage how that all works with the, these bigger social networks i mean overall a positive sign i think it's it shows these businesses investing long term because it's kind of all well and good kind of going oh yes there are influencers but if you're actually putting headcount behind trying to look after this group of people i think that's a sign that the direction of travel is okay this phenomenon is here to stay we kind of need to try and run it put a professional face to to our liaison not just kind of demonetize people and then send out a, you know put out a, a tweet apologizing later so yeah um a sign that yeah the the network certainly not expecting influencers to go anywhere yes yeah good so um we're all still um in the office here at the moment so uh hopefully none of us are, are gonna catch this horrible thing going around and we can do our podcast in person again next time and have a nice chat about the, the month's uh, latest developments in influencer marketing. And yeah, we'll be talking about how these online digital first events have gone and um, maybe share some more sort of tips about how to, to uh, you know, engage people when they're maybe working from home a bit more. And uh, we'll be getting some input from influencers as well. So keep, keep tuned to our blog. Lots of new content coming out um, in that space as well. So thanks for listening. Yes, should be an interesting month. Thanks, everyone.